You're listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with your dating coach, Trip from TripAdvice.com. Do you struggle with getting girls to like you? You'll learn step-by-step how to talk to girls to create deep connections, whether it be for <laughs> one night of wild fun, a one-week fling. Are you currently involved in a sexual relationship? Or for a lifelong partner. Full of long-lasting pleasure. Here's your host, Trip. The How to Talk to Girls podcast. This is your host, Trip from tripadvice.com. And today's episode, we have a special guest. Her name is Dawn Masler, and she is from dawnmasler.com. And she's got some pretty interesting little factoids on how to get a woman to fall in love with you. She actually goes through the scientific reasoning why men and why women fall in love really Really interesting stuff and very cool stuff because if you know how to get a woman to, or I should say if you know how a woman falls in love, then you'll be able to learn how to get a woman to fall in love with you. And it's also just really cool to learn about ourselves, how we fall in love, what it is that we react to when we're with a woman. So you're going to hear right now from Dawn Masler from DawnMasler.com. And uh, she's got a book coming out soon that I think you should check out. It's called Men Chase, Women Choose. Check that out. It is on Amazon. All right. So here is our interview with Miss Dawn Masler. I think you're going to like it. Hey, Dawn. How's it going? Fantastic, Trip. How are you? I am freaking awesome. And I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. We're speaking with Dawn Masler from DawnMasler.com. Um, and she has a new book coming out very soon called Men Chase, Women Choose, and I highly suggest you check that out. We'll be talking about some of the things from that book today on the podcast and talking all about how women fall in love and some of the cool science behind it. And hopefully, Dawn, maybe you can help us out here and give us some cool tips for the guys so once they understand kind of how this all works, maybe you know, how they can implement it to be able to get women to fall in love with them. How does that sound? That sounds fantastic. Cool. So tell us a little bit about yourself and and how you got into this and a little bit of your background. Well, I'm a biologist. I've been a biology professor for over 12 years, but I was um, unfortunate with when it came to love. I had a kind of a broken picker. I was attracted to the wrong men. And I struggled with this for a while, and I finally did some work on myself, and I broke the addiction to the men that were wrong for me. And because I was so excited about that, I wrote a book, and I started working with women. But the same question kept coming up all the time. How does love work? And if you read self-help books and dating books, everybody has their different opinions. And I didn't want opinions. I wanted something that was based on science. So as a researcher, that's what I started doing. And I spent the last five years researching the science of love. So I wanted to understand what causes attraction. How do you get from attraction to dating? What happens in dating to have somebody fall in love? What happens when you fall in love? And how can you have long-term love? And that's what that book, Men Chase, Women Choose, is all about. I ended up finding the, the four stages of love. And we'll talk a little bit about that today. That is fantastic. So let me ask you, where did you find some of this information? You said you wanted to look up more scientific stuff. So where where exactly did you end up getting that from? 
Well, fortunately, since I am a biologist, I have university affiliations, so I have access all to all the journal articles. So I basically spent five years sitting in the journal article stacks, not literally, I was able to do it virtually, um, but it's all peer-reviewed based on scientific experiments that were backed up and um, confirmed, well, somewhat confirmed that's a big thing in science now. There's not that many people that are confirming them so much anymore, but it's all peer-reviewed. Wow, that's amazing. Cool. So, well, let's first start talking about the four stages of love. I think that's a great place to to start, and we can kind of go from there. All right, well, I'll go real quick. The first stage is not really love at all. It's just attraction. It's kind of the gatekeeper. You have to go through traction to be to get to fall to love, fall in love. The neurotransmitter that pops into your brain is norepinephrine. That gives you that fight or flight response, the sweaty palms, the dilated pupils, that nervousness that you feel. All that is is a signal that that's attraction. And we'll talk we can talk about some of the factors that are involved in attraction. Now, if you decide that you want to look at that person a little bit more that you're really attracted to them, then you go into the dating phase or the courtship phase. That is when certain neurotransmitters build up, and they're different for men or for women. And the important thing for your listeners is for a woman to fall in love, it is oxytocin and dopamine. And oxytocin is the neurotransmitter of trust. It's also the neurotransmitter of touch and cuddling and and, um, bonding. And then dopamine is when they're excited. So I can tell you a few tricks on how to get a woman interested, attracted, and excited, and possibly to fall in love, which is the third phase, falling in love. Now, here's the interesting part. When you fall in love, parts of your brain shut down. One of the big parts is your ventral medial prefrontal cortex. That's the part of your brain that judges the other person. So when you fall in love, that's why they say love is blind. You can't really see the other person for who they are. You just basically look at the good in the other person. And that occurs for about two years. And then after the two years, your brain comes back. And then that's the phase, there's a fourth phase that I call true love. If you choose to stay in, in love and start practicing, you, biologically speaking, you're, it's really easy to be in love, fall in love, but it's much harder to stay in true love. And it's more of a conscious decision. Um, so those are the four phases in they're all biologically different. Now, you said you did something called the Great Love Experiment. Does what you just said here have anything to do with with acting it out, or how did how did that all work in the Great well, Love Experiment? Most of my work is based on scientific experiments. So I basically take those scientific experiments and we act them out on the stage. Now, one of the experiments is what's attracted, who's attracted to who. So we do the smell test. Now, there was a study that they took sweaty T-shirts that had the men wear sweaty T-shirts for three nights in a row and bring them in. And the woman smelled them on a blind smell test. And they found out who she was most attracted to. So we do that on the stage. The woman is most going to be most attracted to a man of opposite immune systems. So 
speaking biologically, that makes perfect sense because if you have children based on that attraction, they're going to have the best complement of immune cells. So that, that makes really perfect sense. But the other issue when it comes to that is uh, fear. So you're, you're going to be, a, it's a combination of who you're attracted to and then who you trust. So if you're attracted to somebody of opposite immune system, it could be somebody from the complete opposite into the world that you have no affiliation with. You don't even speak the same language. So you have to have a certain amount of familiarity to be able to uh, see that that attraction come into fruition. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Is there any way, I mean, so that's just, that's just going to happen naturally. Is there any way guys can tap into that at all? Well, it's hard for them to tap into that immune system response because it's your immune system. There's nothing you can do about it. But the thing is, if you're a guy and you let's say you're attracted to a woman and she's not that attracted to you, you shouldn't feel bad about it because it's not, it's just biologically not in the cards for you. But there are things you can do to enhance it. Now, remember I told you the first thing of attraction is norepinephrine. That's the fight or flight response. You ever, you ever notice, you've probably heard this before, that women are attracted to the bad boy type, right? Yes, yes, definitely. I, I actually just made a video on that uh, within the past couple months about this idea of teaching guys how to become more of an edgy bad boy type because women are attracted to that. Well, the thing that they're really attracted to is the excitement. And that excitement or that uncertainty is gives you a feeling of you can, if when you're excited or you're scared, you get adrenaline. And that adrenaline feels just like norepinephrine. So it can be, it can feel like you're attracted to somebody even though you're scared. So that's the irony. They did a study, it was back in the 70s, and they had men walking across a bridge. One of the bridges was over a babbling brook that nothing could happen. The other bridge was over a big swaying, uh, or, or was a bridge that was swaying over a river of jagged rocks and it was a big long fall down and it didn't have very secure ropes and you the ropes were kind of low so it gives you that feeling that you could fall at any minute and then perish onto the rocks they discovered that the men that were on that high scary bridge were more attracted they had a woman come out onto the bridge to talk to them and they were more attracted to the woman to the woman that was on the scary bridge, not the woman on the babbling brook bridge. So some of the things that you can do to enhance attraction is kind of enhance that fear factor. So that edginess helps with a little bit. Um, taking them to a scary movie on their first date. You remember back in the day, you probably don't, you're probably not old enough, but there used to be something called the tunnel of love. Well, the tunnel of love was just a scary ride. And they called it the tunnel of love is because by the time he got out, the woman was really attracted because she was scared. So it's creating that, that it's, a, and there's a delicate balance there. You don't want to scare somebody and like scare her away, but creating that edginess, creating a little bit of that, that adrenaline excitement, taking her out on an exciting uh, trip on the first date, you know, uh, parasailing or, um, my my boyfriend took me out on an airplane ride, which was a little nerve wracking because of two seater, um, and we've been together for ten years. So you see how that worked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> things like that. 
Yeah, I can imagine taking a girl skydiving for the first date. She'll definitely be in love with you after that. Yeah, I, I, she would. That's so cool. That's so cool. Okay, cool. So, so those are the. Well, four. that's she wouldn't be in love. She would be attracted. Now, to make to get her to fall in love. Okay. For, for women, she needs those two neurotransmitters. One is dopamine, which is dopamine is excitement excitement, uncertainty. Again, that bad boy kind of thing where if he doesn't call right away, creates that uncertainty. And the other one is oxytocin where you learn to trust. You can also uh, touching, cuddling, caressing, social media. If you're writing to her, texting her, um, those can help increase those two neurotransmitters and if they get up to a certain point that's when she falls in love and if she falls in love you're golden for a couple years so this is after she is attracted to you though you you can't really skip the or can you skip the attraction phase and get her to fall in love how does that work well there is a possibility that you can skip the attraction phase and there we've seen it before with people that start off with friends and then all of a sudden she falls in love because they do fun stuff together. The dopamine increases and then the uh, attraction between them, the familiarity, the trust increases the oxytocin. By the way, one of the best ways to skyrocket oxytocin is an orgasm. So if okay. you, get, <laughs> you get her to sleep with you, you, you have a higher chance of her falling in love. Interesting. Okay, so... So for women, if you can sleep with them at a faster pace, then they'll feel that love a little quicker. For women, yes. For it women. doesn't happen the same way for men, though. How does it work for men? Well, for men, it is a combination of dopamine again, but him, it's testosterone and vasopressin. So testosterone increases when he's attracted to a woman. That's what That's what gives you that, like, if you've ever been in a in a situation where like a woman has walked by and you got that like buzz where you're like, whoo, and you kind of it really got your attention and you sit up straighter, that's a little kick in your dopamine. Oftentimes a woman will one of the things that a men is men are attracted to is pheromones. And one of the pheromones is copulins. Copulin is produced when she's having a uh, ovulating when she's ovulating so that that's released into the air so show a woman could be walking by and you don't even have to see her but you can you can get a whiff and go hey and and turn around and be attracted to her um where was i going with that <laughs> oh where i was going with that is that that testosterone gives you that boost so if you're competing with other men for her attention, all that kind of stuff gives you that boost. You're getting a win. You go on a date. She likes you. Boom. Increase your testosterone. So the other one is vasopressin. Vasopressin goes up when you're sexually attracted, but not when you orgasm. It goes down quickly. So in other words, you need to be sexually attracted over extended period of time. And if you have sex too quickly for a man, it may, he may lose that loving feeling. He may never fall in love. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Wait, so explain that again. Well, for a man, the vasopressin has to increase for him to fall in love. The vasopressin increases as he's sexually excited, but it rapidly decreases when he has an orgasm. So he needs to stay up to a certain point. And basically those 
chemicals need to stay up to a level to reach a tipping point. Once it's on the tipping point, you can have as much sex as you want. It won't affect it because you've already fallen in love. But what we're, what we're doing is there's a neurological tipping point where, remember I told you parts of your brain shut down? Right. The chemicals build up to a certain point that cause that cascading effect. So certain parts of your brain shut down. You're, you go through like this neurotransmitter um, craziness. Uh, 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 let me ask you a question. Serotonin. Serotonin is the hormone of happiness. When you fall in love, what do you think it happens to it? Up or down? Goes up. Wrong. It actually drops. Really? Yeah. Is that hilarious? That's very counterintuitive. How how so? It drops to the level of someone with OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. That's one of the reasons why when you fall in love, you're completely obsessed with the other person. And you want to be around them all the time. It also, here's the next one, cortisol, which is the stress hormone, up or down? I would say that goes up. It does. It does. That what's, that's what makes you kind of nervous all the time. You want to be around them. But the thing is, you don't feel it as being anxious and nervous because of the parts of your brain that shut down. One of the big parts is your amygdala, which is your part of your alarm system. So when that shuts down, the Cortisol can be high, but it, it's not sounding the alarm. Wow. And it's also one of the reasons why you can, your buddy or you can be with some a woman and she can do something crazy and the guy's going, why is that guy with her? And the, and the guy can't see it because he's falling in love. And the same thing with women. Interesting. So even if a guy is dating a girl for a couple of years, he might not be able to see it because he's in love if, if they're acting a little nuts yes correct but it wears off and here's the thing it wears off around the two-year mark guess when the highest divorces are in the united states two years yes you get there you All go right, i'm two for three so far ding 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 <laughs> wow that's so interesting. i actually know a few people who've gotten divorced after two years mm -hmm. or around that time like two to three years right it, it's it it doesn't wear off right at the two-year mark it's between one and three years now is this when is this two to three years from meeting and dating or two to three years from falling in love from falling in love okay so how long typically would it take on average for a woman to fall in love with a man and a man to fall in love with a woman well that's a good question and i don't think they've done some research and in there's different countries actually fall in love at different times in the United States, it takes between two months and one year is what the average research shows. Now, if you want somebody to fall in love quicker, you go to, um, one of the Danish, the colder, the colder Danish States. I forgot what, exactly which one. I think it was Norway. They, they fall in love quick or Finland, Finland. Why is that? I don't know. I wonder if it has to do with like the cold that, People that, if you think about it biologically, if you think from an evolutionary standpoint, if it's a cold place, you want them to fall in love quicker so they get together, stay warmer. Survive. and have, Survive, exactly. Yeah, and be able to come together and have more resources, things like that. Correct. Yeah, that makes sense. Wow, that's really interesting. Okay, very cool. So yeah, what else can you tell us about, about this idea of, of love and, and what makes a woman attracted and fall in love what else you got okay so the big thing for a man is trust to win a woman's trust 
one of the best, and you, you're basically disarming her defenses. That's what oxytocin does. And so the one of the biggest things you can do is humor. You, we've heard this before that you know guys tell if you get a woman to laugh, when you she laughs, she's producing oxytocin. So that's one of the best things you can do if you've got that kind of uh, a few. You know, you want to do it in a way that's going to be lighthearted, that's not, you know, that that puts her at ease, those kind of jokes or those kind of kidding around type of things. Um, and when that happens, she'll produce that oxytocin. The other thing you can do is actually, this is really bad to, for me to even be saying it, but you can actually buy oxytocin in a spray. <laughs> is that what pheromones are? No, that's not pheromones. Oxytocin is oxytocin. So, but you can, there is a, there are companies that produce like oxytocin sprays. Um, and it helps kind of, it can help even later on to keep you bonded, keep you happy. Uh, you want the guys, you want the guy when, oh, I didn't tell you what happens to a man when he falls in love. Okay, let's talk about that. And then we'll come back to the oxytocin spray. Well, oxytocin, if you if you got a spray, you could actually spray it on you. And if she gets close enough, she can actually inhale it. And it, it actually decreases her um, reservation, her defenses, defensiveness. So does that actually work? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've used oxytocin sprays on different experiments. It, it helps with sexual dysfunction. It helps with decreasing, uh, what is it, the fear of new people. The neophobia, it's it helps in a lot of different things. So yeah, it's you have to do it kind of fresh. You know, you can't. So you almost have to like have it on, have the spray, and then like go in the rest. You meet somebody you like, and then go in the restroom and spray it. You can't like put it on be probably before you go and try to head out. Oh, you're saying it should be with someone who already is attracted to you. Yes, you would have to. Yeah, you would have to get through that attraction phase because the the, the attraction is kind of the gatekeeper. There's a lot of things when it comes to attraction that that can be difficult to um, perpetuate the falling in love phase, the date, the dating phase where the neurotransmitters build up, because every one of your senses has a veto or can veto. So, for example. Uh, you see something, you, you're attracted to a woman and you get up close and you notice something you don't like about her. You see something you don't like about her. Maybe she has the, the man hands or something. Remember the Jerry Seinfeld, he, he didn't like women with man hands. That man hand, when you spot that, it shuts the whole process down. So you could be building up your neurotransmitters, but it's just like, whoa, it's like shutting down the computer. It's not, nothing's going to happen. So it could be uh, your, sen your sm sense of smell, pheromones. It could be sense of taste and smell with like the first kiss. If it's a bad first kiss, 60% of relationships have ended because of a bad first kiss. Like it just wow. shuts everything down. So make sure you bring Beth mint. <laughs> You're not too slobbery. Um, also touch can have a big play. So one of the best places to meet a woman, it actually is a coffee shop. 
because if she's holding something warm in her hands, she thinks that a man, that the person that she's talking to is more likely to be warm and attractive and generous. If she's holding something cold, like a, a, a cold beer, she's more likely to judge you as being cold and stoic and cheap. So you, you really want her to be on a nice coffee shop with, with a fluffy couch because the couch can actually have an effect. A fluffy seat makes a person feel more uh, more comfortable. And in a hard seat would actually have them make them feel that you're, you are a bit of a, a hard butt. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be kind and say it right. <laughs> so what about on a first date taking a girl to get coffee in a nice cozy setting? Would that be a good idea? Or that's that- a, Yes, that's the best idea. Make sure she gets a hot coffee. So not it's probably not the best idea to go to some stiff lounge and get a cold drink. Correct. Wow, interesting. But the alcohol does kind of shut off part. The thing about alcohol is that that part of your brain that judges the other person the prefrontal cortex does start losing a little bit of it. You know, you, it starts disconnecting it. That's one of the reasons why we do stupid things when we drink. Right. We have a little less inhibitions. Right. Right. So I feel like that's maybe interesting to do that for a temporary, you know, um, you know, way of getting a girl maybe interested in you or attracted to you. Or maybe easier to sleep with you because there's alcohol involved, but probably doesn't sound like a very uh, sustainable way of of attraction. No, it is not. In that you are correct. If you are looking for a cheap and easy, that that's a way to go. But if you were looking for a long term meaningful relationship, you want to start off the right way. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. So cool. So let's let's keep going. What else you got? Okay, I was going to talk about, oh, men, when he falls in love. One of the reasons why men tend to hesitate, and this is a a complaint I get from women all the time, where he was coming on so strong and all of a sudden he seemed to back off. And the reason men hesitate before they fall in love is that his when he falls in love, his testosterone drops. So if you're a man and you've got something going on, let's say you've got a degree to finish or a business to start or you've got something that you want to accomplish, you are going to naturally hesitate falling in love because of that drop in the testosterone. Interesting. Okay, so that's why guys might be slow to commit. Well, that's – all right. So now I don't know if I should tell you guys this. I've been Now you have to. I tell women this, but I, I'm, I'm like, I can tell the women, but should I tell the guys? Okay. What causes the drop in the testosterone? What causes the men to fall in love? So they did a study in the United States Air Force, and they followed all these guys around for about 10 years, and they kept taking samples of them. And one of the samples that they took was testosterone. And they found that his testosterone was high when he was single and would drop when he was married. And it would go up again right before a divorce. In fact, the increase became a precipitating factor. They knew that he was going to divorce when it went up again. So they said, well, they went to Harvard. Harvard wanted to know what what caused the drop. Was it the marriage or was it commitment? So they did another study with 
men that were single, married, and in a committed relationship. And what they found was that the single guys had the high testosterone and the married guys had the lower testosterone and the committed guys did not differ from the married guys. So what does that mean? That means that the man's testosterone drops not when he gets married, but when he commits to a woman. Okay, so it doesn't have to do with marriage. There's no difference, what you're saying, between marriage and commitment for the guy's Correct. testosterone to drop. Correct. And the interesting thing is it, it, happens, it happens the same way when a woman commits to a woman, her testosterone drops. But when a man commits to another man, it doesn't drop. You're saying in gay relationships? Correct. Whoa, interesting. So what does that mean? Well, overall, how does that play out in these long-term relationships? It keeps you at home because it drops, but it doesn't drop the same way. It doesn't drop like just drop. It's still high in the morning. So when you get up, your testosterone's high. You go home, you get out, you go to work, you hunt or, you know, you go hunting in about five o'clock, your testosterone starts dropping. So when the other guys are wanting to go out and have fun and you know party, you're not feeling that. You just want to go home. So that it's kind of mother's nature's way of keeping you around. Wow, interesting. Okay, <laughs> very interesting. So what does that mean then for a man's testosterone to drop while they're committed? Does that mean that they are less likely to be I don't know, attracted other women or seek out other women or Absolutely. Is you that, are, is that the only effect or is there other effects? It's a huge effect because now think about it, you're competing with heavily testosterone laden men that are single out there. You're not gonna feel like competing as much. And there was a study that found that once a man is committed and his testosterone drops, he actually stays a further distance from an attractive female than other men. So you're not going to you're not even going to go that close to a woman who's who's a potential mate or a potential other mate. So what what that does is it's mother's nature's way of keeping you around. So it makes sense. I mean, think about it. If two a man and a woman get together, they fall in love, they start they're more likely to have a a child and that child needs you especially in the beginning in the in the younger years. So when his testosterone drops, that makes him, you know, take care of his family, want to come home at night, not want to compete, not want to uh, run around and have other women. You still there? Oh, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I think I cut off for a second. Yeah, I'm still here. I hear you loud and clear. So <laughs> what I was I wanted to ask you was going back to before we were talking about is in terms of a, a woman trying to get a man to fall in love, are you telling women – to not sleep with men for a while so that he sticks around? It's not so much the sleeping with him. It's more or less asking for a commitment prior to sleeping with him. Okay, got it. So how does that play out? A woman needs to set her standards or her requirements. So when she starts dating, she basically tells him in the beginning that she is looking for a long-term relationship. So when it comes to the part where he's like, I'd like to get into a sexual relationship with you, she can say, I'm wildly attracted to you, but I do not want to sleep with anybody until I'm in a committed relationship. And then that's up to him to ask. And you have to let the guy ask because he has to struggle with that drop in the testosterone. And if you try to force it, it raises his testosterone up to a point where he may not ask. How do so you mean? 
What? How do you mean? It, there's testosterone gets raised by two ways. One way is attraction. The other way is confrontation. And if you raise it, when it comes to confrontation, he, it may turn him off. It may, because, um, oh, oh, that's the other thing. Remember the oxytocin we talked about, the bonding hormone? Yeah. When his testosterone drops, it makes him more susceptible to oxytocin. Okay. It, it blocks oxytocin when it's high. So he's less likely to be. Uh, I see. Do you, the, here's, an, here's an interesting story. You, do you know about Valentine's Day? Uh, I know a little bit about it, like how it was, why it was created. How it started, yes. No, I do not. Okay. So Saint or Valentine, who's not even a saint back then, was around during uh, Emperor Claudius's reign. And Emperor Claudius would not allow his men to marry, which made perfect sense if you were trying to get in a very aggressive fighting force. You would want all those guys to have tons of testosterone. You wouldn't want them to commit and have the testosterone drop. But I'm sure he didn't understand all the biology of it, but that's what would happen. So what was happening was that Valentine was secretly marrying the men. Of course, when he did that, his, their testosterone dropped, which caused... Claudius to be Emperor Claudius to be upset and they ended up putting him in prison and he was writing notes to this, the prisoner's daughter or something and that became the first Valentine and then eventually he was put to death for for doing that but the point is that Emperor Claudius knew something that intuitively knew something was happening with the with the commitment and the testosterone that his fighting force was much more aggressive if they were not married. So when a man gets married or a man commits, he's going to he's going to kind of lose his mojo. He's going to lose some of that aggressiveness, which is good because you don't you don't want you don't want to be in you don't want to be in a relationship fighting all the time, being aggressive all the time. And there was a reason why I said this and I forgot what it was now. <laughs> we were talking about something. What was it? I think we we're talking about oxytocin. Oh, okay. So when that drop happens, it makes him more susceptible to oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone, the trusting hormone, kind of makes him more um, universal, like more loving of a person, um, more sympathetic, empathetic, compassionate. So it gives him a lot of those really great qualities that are great for a relationship. And it's also great for a father, Right. Understanding. Um, and the thing is, oh, and by the way, if a man, here's another thing I can tell you. You might not want to hear this. If Let's you tell us. <laughs> if you get married or if you commit and your wife has a baby that's a female, your testosterone level can drop to castration levels. So what, what effect will that have? That's going to be that can make you a little bit sluggish. So it can, you know, women complain, oh, we've been in this relationship for a while and he just sits around on the couch. It's like, yeah, it happens because you committed to you. <laughs> That's what happens. It can make you a little bit more sluggish, it, less competitive. So if you have two to three daughters, you're going to be really sluggish. Yeah, but you're going to be a lot more sweet. <laughs> you're going to be very sweet and kind yeah. and compassionate and understanding. Yeah. Wow. Very interesting. Very interesting. Cool. Okay, let's uh, let's reverse it again and and talk maybe a little bit more about um, you know what guys can do 
to kind of hack into this idea of attraction and love. Do you have any other uh, thoughts for us or tips on that front? Okay. So the other, you want to, you get to get to attraction, but once you start dating the, we talked about oxytocin, but the other one is dopamine and dopamine. You may be familiar with, if you remember the candy crush addiction a while back, that, that candy crush created dopamine. And they said that that was the perfect woman uh, enhancer, because the way that Candy Crush was built, because it gave her a little bit. It made her work for it a little bit. When a man has to work for it, it increases his dopamine. And both of them have to have that dopamine increase. That it also increases with uncertainty. So if you if you come off, one of the big turnoffs with women is a man who comes on too strong or too needy. So playing it cool, but being there is important. You don't want to be too, you know, they, there's those rules that they're kind of silly, but they say, don't call the, to, you know, wait a day to call her after you meet it or something like that. I mean, you can text that it. it was a nice thing, but it's, it's more, um, it's, it's the excitement. Dopamine increases with excitement, anticipation, looking for the reward. It really increases with gambling. So those type of things that can cause that feeling can increase her dopamine. So you need to have both of those. Okay, got it. So is that what creates attraction or is that what creates the girl to want to be a girlfriend and and kind of fall in love? That causes her to want to be a girlfriend and fall in love. Hitting those little kind of dopamine spikes. Correct. Got it. Very interesting. Just like Candy Crush. That's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Oh, too, because I've had a few girlfriends who have played Candy Crush and are obsessed with it. So for attraction, one of the things, if, if a guy, uh, we're most sexually attracted to the color red. So if a guy has a um, an online profile, if he's online dating, you want to either wear a red short or a red background, or at least have one of the pictures have red in it. Preferably your main one. Uh, also, no gym bags or gym equipment or gym shots. It's a turnoff. The best thing, if you want to have a prop on your pictures, you you can have two different ones. Do you know what they are? Um, a pet? A puppy, yes. Okay, so specifically a puppy. Well, you can do a pet, but a puppy is like, a puppy is the big winner. Puppy and a child. No, the other one's a guitar. Oh, interesting. Why is that? They just did a study. They found that women are more sexually attracted to men with a guitar. Okay, so on an online dating profile, hopefully you play guitar and you have a puppy and uh, you got a couple pictures of those. That that will be ultimate, sounds like. And red. And in fact, Adam Levine on Maroon 5 his best-selling album, there was a picture of him on a red couch with a bread background with a guitar. Wow. That is amazing. That's so cool. <laughs> I love it. I love all these little secret tips and tricks. These are, these are really fun. I think a lot of guys can, can get a lot out of this. So if they want more of this, then I highly suggest that they check out Men Chase Women's Shoes, which, which should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. And where can they get that on Amazon or, or your website, donmassar.com? On Amazon, in any bookstore. Awesome. So cool. 
Uh, how long have you been working on that book for? Five years. Holy cow. Mm. That is amazing. Well, go out and check that. And I can't wait to get my hands on a copy as well. And so a lot of the things that you talked about today, is that in the book? Yes. Very cool. Very cool. Any last words for the guys who are listening? Any last uh, thoughts, tips, ideas? Um, or just big ideas for any guy who's listening? Oh, all this stuff's running through my head. Um, one of the big things is be make a, make amends to your mom. If you're not close to your mom, that can have an effect on your dating. I didn't mention this, but we're mostly attracted to somebody who is similar to our parents, that the opposite sex, if we like them. And if not, we get the opposite. So if you're having issues with your mom, one of the best things you can do for your dating life is uh, forgive and make amends. Wow, that's deep. Very interesting. What if you can't and they're passed away? Well, you all you have to do is is do it in your head. So mm. if you can if you can come to acceptance in your own head, that helps you to get past that. So it's not just about actually talking to them necessarily or going through it, but it's also about coming to terms with it in your own mind. Right, it's healing yourself. Awesome. Because dating is really it, it's just what's happening in your brain. So what's happening in your brain is the way you think about it. Right. I love it. Very cool. Dawn, thank you so much for joining us on How to Talk to Girls. Guys, check her out, dawnmassler.com. I'll put that in the show notes. Dawn, thank you so much. Thank you, Trip. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and write a review. Over 18 and want a question answered on the podcast? Email all your questions to trip at tripadvice.com.